little swag out them boss. Is that is that Bowtie Paisley? And welcome to another episode of the Sartorial Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice. The fragrance coming back at you one more time. Let's jump right into it. Now, I've made no secret about this week that my most anticipated game of not less not just this month, but also this year, has been Halo Infinite. And at the time of this recording, it literally just dropped yesterday. And right now I have only finished about an hour or to an hour and a half of the campaign and it is it is Halo through and through. I've really enjoyed what I've played so far and this for me is the first Halo story where I have felt like Master Chief is literally the last hope for humanity. Like everything that you knew about Halo is gone when this game starts. Now I would have liked to have played through some of that or at least seen more of the story, at least in the beginning of how all of that transpired. But the tension that is created and the sort of uh, anticipation of what's to come by everything literally being gone that you once knew, all of that support is gone, Cortana is gone. And again, a lot of that happened during the course of Halo 5 but it has just been such a buttery smooth experience to play thus far. So that is why Halo Infinite is my download of the week. Of course, you knew that was coming, did you not? So Halo Infinite, and I think it's well worth the retail price of $59.99 for the campaign. But of course, if you have Game Pass, you can download it as part of your subscription and play it. And I will say you will not be disappointed. If you're an FPS fan, you won't be disappointed. But if you're a Halo fan, again, so far, I'm only an hour to an hour and a half into the campaign. So I have a lot more to go. I haven't even gotten to the uh, pseudo open world sections of the game yet, which everyone has really been talking about and raving about online. But I am thoroughly impressed with what 343 has done thus far with the game, and I'm certainly going to be playing more and more of it this coming weekend. So that is my recommendation for the download, Halo Infinite, the campaign. Now let's go on to the podcast spotlight. Now this week I want to spotlight the Gadgets and Geekery Presents Geeky, Sexual, and Intellectual Podcast from our girl Q. Now of course it is hosted by the fantastically mild-mannered Q and this podcast discusses all avenues of geek genres from comics to anime and other topics such as sex, relationships, parenthood, social landscapes, and social pitfalls, or I should say political pitfalls. Now, I've enjoyed this podcast over the past year or so. Uh, Q has not updated it in a while. She gave an update talking about why the content has been lacking around September, but I definitely think it's one of those podcasts you can go back and listen to what she did in 2019 and 2020 to really get a good sense of what sort of podcast it is, but also it's just a fun madcap romp of geekery so even though she's not producing anything new which i'm hoping that she's coming back sometime soon based on her last update it's definitely one if you want to kick back and revisit some of our old episodes which of course are going to be new to you i definitely suggest to uh to do that it's definitely a fun podcast and it's one that i'm looking forward to coming back with new episodes 
in the near future. And again, that is the Gadgets and Geekery Presents Geeky, Sexual, and Intellectual Podcast. Now, let's get into these short takes. Now, we are going to start the short takes with a, a very sad uh, bit of news. And those of you that have been in comics as long as I have uh, know the name George Perez. George Perez is an artist who has pretty much joined any and everything, but he is probably most known for his work in really, I believe he helped create the Teen Titans for DC Comics back in the day, but his work on the Teen Titans and also his work on the Avengers for Marvel. And, you know, he really helped define both of those titles. Like, he was a team book guy. That's like his definition. But George Perez has drawn pretty much everything over the course of his career. And he retired a few years ago from um, active comic work because of failing health and everything. And also just, you know, enjoy time with his wife and his family, if I remember that correctly. Well, and one of the biggest things that he's done it always comes to my mind is that he drew most of the original infinity gauntlet miniseries for marvel back in the 90s so a lot of what he has done has influenced what we see today in our current multimedia superhero landscape well recently he announced that he had uh, stage three cancer and it is inoperable so it is one of those things where it's you know it's just sad to hear something like that happen to someone who has had such a large impact on many of us in the geek room especially those that have really been in the comics for a long time so he may never hear this but i was happy to be able at least to tell him a few years ago to comic-con that i really loved his work and i always loved what he did and what he brought to the medium and i hope that what time he has left on this planet uh, well i'm sure he's lived a good life and i hope he knows that the work that he put out the sort of uh He's made a very large impact on a lot of us, on many of us on this planet based on his beautiful art and lovely storytelling over the years and defined characters that will continue to be in the lexicon of pop culture for decades to come. So George Perez and his family, I wish you well, I wish you Godspeed and for the time you have left on this earth, enjoy it. Now on to a brighter note the trailer for the sequel to spider-man into the spider-verse finally dropped and it is spider-man across the spider-verse where we saw a multitude of different things obviously gwen is back miles is back but of course much like the after credit scene in the into the spider-verse taught us or showed us spider-man 2099 voiced by Oscar Isaacs is definitely in the movie and I'm excited. Spider-Man 2099 is probably one of my favorite characters ever and I am very excited to see how he plays into the overall story of Spider-Man 2099 and excuse me, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and ultimately they've actually broken the film up into two parts so this is just a teaser trailer for part one they're like we did so well the first time let's just split this movie up into two and pack everything in there so i'm hoping that's the case so i'm very excited for that and it really looks awesome of course it does everybody loves spider-man into the spider-verse it's probably one of if not the best spider-man movie period probably after spider-man 2 so that's my short take on that and then they are going back to do another Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. This time it's on Netflix. 
and it is billed at least from the initial trailer as a sequel of sorts to the original movie so i'm assuming that this movie is going to be much like the uh, most recent halloween films where it literally retcons everything else that has come before it and is going to be a true sequel to the original uh, movie that came out in the 70s directed by toby hooper now i am on the fence with this simply because i Detective Chainsaw Massacre, the original one is one of my favorite horror movies ever and one of the things I loved about it, it really isn't gory. There were so many implied things that happened in that movie as far as it happened to the individuals in that movie that you saw in your head we didn't really see it in the screen and one of the things that the series has done over the years is to put that gore directly into those films. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is literally i love that movie it is so campy it is so crazy and i love it simply because it is that but also there's a psychological aspect to that movie um with leatherface and his chainsaw that as i got older and understood i was like oh this is brilliant a lot of people hate that movie i love it personally but with that the subsequent sequels and reboots just never really struck my fancy i never was entertained by them but this sequel slash remake that's coming out on netflix in february at least from the trailer i'm definitely interested in it it looks like they're trying to pay homage to the original and do a direct sequel but set in modern day which is again much like the Halloween reboot series that came out which I've talked about before in the past so I'm definitely looking forward to that I hope to find out more before it drops in February now if you'll remember about maybe a week or two ago there were rumors that Charlie Cox was going to be returning as Matt Murdock in Spider-Man No Way Home there were pictures that leaked and then they said it were photoshopped well we got confirmation from Kevin Feige the man himself that whenever the MCU does Daredevil that there's only one man is going to play him and that's Charlie Cox and that set the internet on fire because I've been no uh it has been no secret that in my opinion the daredevil series is literally the best marvel tv series ever ever it's just it is just great season one two through season three no letdowns no nothing it's just it's just great from top to bottom and to have that character again played by charlie cox in the mcu it's just great, especially with the way Hawkeye is going and the sort of connections that they are building in the current Hawkeye series, which I'll get to when I review episode season, excuse me, episode four of Hawkeye a little bit later in the show. It is certainly interesting to see how they're going to incorporate Daredevil slash Matt Murdock into the MCU and how gritty they're going to have him in the MCU. Obviously, we're not going to get a hallway scene like we did in the Daredevil series on Netflix. But I hope that there is an element of grittiness that's a little bit dirtier than what we've been seeing in the Hawkeye series. I'm, I'm hoping for they're pushing, pushing that very, very, very close line between PG-13 and R. I understand they're not crossing that R line for a mainstream MCU product but i hope they can straddle that fence 
really closely to really give us a product that we all are looking for when it comes to Daredevil in the MCU. But I'm looking forward to Charlie Cox returning, and hopefully that means Vincent Nafio is turning as Kingpin. Of course, that's the rumor uh, for this current Hawkeye series. If not Hawkeye, definitely for the Echo series when it comes out later on, probably next year. So those are my short takes. We're going to take a break and then come back with a load of reviews, a hidden gem, and of course, our fragrance of the week. And we're back from the break. Now, I talked a few weeks ago about the season three trailer for Lost in Space. Well, I binge watched the last season of Lost in Space and let me tell you, it is, if you have not seen Lost in Space or if you haven't watched season three and you've seen seasons one and two, definitely take the time and binge it. There's only eight episodes. The episodes range from an hour to 40 minutes or so, depending on the episode, maybe a little bit over 40 minutes. So they're in it easy to binge. I would say in the eight episodes, there's only one episode that I felt like was more filler and dragged on. All of the rest of the many seven really had a lot of had very good pacing uh, when it came to the story, came to the character development. You saw some redemption of those characters. You saw a lot more uh, explanation as to uh, some of the characters' motivations and how they've evolved since season two and changed since season two. But more importantly, being it was the series finale season, I personally love the way that they ended the show. I think that is very hard to end a show in general especially to end it in a way that is satisfying to your audience and a lot of shows really fail when doing that in in my opinion and i'm not sure what the plan is for lost in space or was for lost in space when they initially created it i know netflix is not very keen on having shows go past three seasons if they make it past a season at all but I'm assuming and hoping that they had a three season plan because the season three was done so well and the finale was done so well also and it's just one of those times where you're watching TV and you just say to yourself at least I did this is just really great this was just really done well this was you know they really put a lot of thought into how to end this show in a very satisfying way so lost in space is definitely something that if you're not watching you haven't watched you should watch and that's lost in space on netflix and if you haven't watched it all definitely start from season one it is really it's really good it's just a really good show and it's one of those shows i don't think got as much acclaim or water cooler talk uh, as far as sci-fi is concerned in the last couple of years and i think a lot of things kind of went out of public consciousness because of the pandemic and because of the delay and I can't say that Netflix has done a really good job of giving updates or teasers for Lost in Space Season 3 until very recently when it was about to drop. It's not like Stranger Things where they were dropping out uh, trailers and this and that over the course of several months as they got 
information and footage in to keep people's interest peaked this isn't one of those shows that they did that to and it's a real shame because i think a lot of people have missed out on lost in space and they really should take the time especially if you're a really big sci-fi head to get into lost in space it's definitely one of the best sci-fi shows to come out i would say if not just the past five years but the past 10 years now let's get into our review of hawkeye episode four now this is actually an episode I didn't think the pacing went very well overall. I enjoyed it, but I think that some of the the reintroduction of the LARPers just eh, it kind of wore on me and just kind of annoyed me a bit. Uh, a lot of the banter between Clint and Kate, while cute, I think dragged on for a bit um, during the course of this episode and really could have... Uh, been shortened or changed in some way i did like the fact that they did sow the seeds or fulfill some of the seeds that we saw at the end of black widow with um the new black widow and i forget her name uh showing up to uh, attack clint as well as nagging questions like okay how does maya have the rolex in question i just I thought that some laundry guy picked it up in that first episode, so I, maybe I need to go back and rewatch that because I definitely missed that Maya as an echo. But also the fact that now Clint knows something's up with Jack because, hey, he stopped him with his voting sword, which he uh, took back when he left the premises. And the fact that his digging. Oh, I love the fact that Hawkeye's wife is like his partner in crime. I absolutely love that. I love the fact that they're fleshing his wife's character out more than just as being his wife and taking care of his kids and being home and keeping a home for it safe. I absolutely love that. As, as someone who is married, I love that when they show a partnership in a marriage and not just sort of a one-sided thing or you got this, you got that, how they're actively helping and supporting each other in what they do and that is something that I, that really made me excited to see because they give so much more dimension uh to linda cardinelli uh playing his wife and i know i'm butchering her last name but i love that aspect of it as well and i hope especially with the last two episodes we see more of that and even going forward in the mcu i hope we see more of her being his quote-unquote oracle sort of person um, now that the Avengers quote-unquote aren't really a thing especially with Tony being gone and so on and so forth and now having the resources of Stark who knows we shall see but I really absolutely love that aspect of the episode the action was great fight scenes are always on point in this series and I really love the hints that they're talking about as far as someone being above Echo someone the boss that she's worked for really dropping those kingpin breadcrumbs and especially after knowing that Charlie Cox is coming back I'm really hoping by the end of the season we see at least maybe after credit sequence in um, of the sixth episode of Hawkeye with Vincent Nafrio as the kingpin I'm really really I have my fingers crossed for that but overall Hawkeye episode four was it was okay. It wasn't a great episode. Uh, it was borderline okay good in my opinion. Again, I really love the Hawkeye character in the MCU because he is the most human and you see that he's human. Uh, from 
him being beat up from him having a family to even how he interacts with people and all he wants to do is get back to his kids and not disappoint them uh he's a father he's a husband more so than a hero and i love the fact that they're fleshing out the dynamic with him even more in this series so that's my take on hawkeye episode four i'm definitely can't wait for episodes five and ultimately six now that we're finished with the reviews, I want to talk about a new segment to the show entitled Hidden Gems. These are pieces of media, whether movies, comic books, uh, works of literature that I want to really highlight because they're particularly awesome, but no one ever talks about them. Now, I've made no bones about the fact that I am a very humongous Lost in Space fan, and we're not just talking about the current series. I also, I'm also a fan of the original series as well. That theme song is really one of the top five sci-fi theme songs in history as far as my opinion. But you never hear anyone talk about the 1998 Lost in Space movie. This is the first, to my understanding, reboot of the classic series. Out, And then you had the one today that came out in 2018 on Netflix that just finished up. This movie is so amazing from a technical level. It literally did bullet time a year before The Matrix did it. It gets no credit whatsoever for special effects. And it has an all-star cast at the time. You know, just starring John Hurt, Matt LeBlanc when he was really hot on Friends, Mimi Rogers, Heather Graham. And I believe this is after Boogie Nights, so she was really big then. And it really... it. And Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman, who pretty much was in everything then, and especially sci-fi, because around that time you had, you know, in that mid to late 90s, you had Dracula, you had the Fifth Element, you had Lost in Space, uh, I believe The Professional came out on, during that time period as well. So Gary Oldman is just one of those actors who, who was such a chameleon back then, not saying he isn't now, but he literally did any and everything and was just he stole the show in every single movie he was in in that time during that time i should say and with lost in space he played dr smith and i just think that this movie is one of those movies that people don't talk about enough especially with that late 90s sci-fi that really set the bar for storytelling uh, it had great effects. Some of the effects were done by, if I remember correctly, the Jim Henson Company with some of the puppet effects toward the end of the movie. And it just, yeah, Jim Henson's Creature Shop was there. And it just, it is a really good movie. And I actually still own the DVD. And this is when people bought DVDs and, and Blu-rays. And it's so sad because uh, New Line Cinema back in the day had their Platinum Edition. And these things were phenomenal with the sort of content that they put onto these DVDs. Just just listen, deleted scenes, widescreen version of the film, two types of commentaries behind uh the behind the scenes featuring on the special effects and the future of space travel. And also they had a synopsis or a documentary on the TV, the original show, and with the living cast at the time, the synopsis of the show and the sort of impact that it had. And this is the sort of uh, content that New Line constantly put on these Platinum Series DVDs and I really miss that because even a lot of Blu-rays nowadays don't have half as much. And that's one reason why I really hate the transition from uh, DVD to Blu-ray for the upgrading the quality of the films. 
they took off a lot of the features that we found on a lot of these platinum edition and just regular DVDs in general. And same thing like the interactive menus. It's like no flair with the uh, Blu-ray setup nowadays. You stick it in, you have your menu, you have your home, you have your trailers, credits, whatever. No interactive menus. I'm getting sidetracked. But Lost in Space 1998 is definitely a gem that you should watch, especially if you're really into sci-fi. And if you've watched the uh, current Lost in Space series on Netflix, go back in time a little bit. Check it out. It's on, I believe it's streaming currently as of the time it's recording on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, check it out. If you don't have Hulu, Hulu's what, $6.99? That's less than a movie rental. Well, not less than a movie. That's less than a digital purchase. Uh, but definitely check out Lost in Space 1998. You will not be disappointed. And of course, as we come to the end of this episode, we're going to get to our fragrance of the week. And again, I'm talking about fragrances that are very effective in this cold weather. I believe today it's like 37 degrees outside. It was 28 degrees when I went for my walk this morning. And one of the fragrances I love picking up in the cold weather, and mind you, I wear this one all year round. But it's really good in the cold weather is Blaze by Beverly Hills Polo Club. Now, I will tell you, if you're looking for a cheap fragrance that's going to get compliments, I mean cheap as in you can get a 50 ml bottle of this for like 15, 10 bucks in most places, if not cheaper. This is one to get. This should be like number one or two on your list. And this fragrance is going to have notes of vervain, red grapefruit, cranberry, lemon, red sage, saffron, lavender, cedarwood, black leather, and patchouli. And let me tell you, I'm not sure about the vervain or the grapefruit or cranberry or the lemon, but the sage is definitely a, a bang on this one. The lavender as well, I get that. The cedarwood, but it really pops with that mix of the black leather and patchouli. It is a fragrance that has been described as a uh, comparative or be comparatively or excuse me similar to spice bomb by Richter and Rolf but at like a tenth of the price if that uh, this is one where again you can definitely overspray and you won't choke people out it has a underlying sweetness to it in my opinion so I think you get some of that from the grapefruit and cranberry kind of mixes with the sage to give you kind of a sweetness uh, but it's definitely a nice spice and that black leather and patchouli really works well and for a synthetic fragrance it smells absolutely phenomenal and it's not a humongous uh, it doesn't have a humongous duration but it's great projection and it, again, like I said, it's one you can overspray and you won't choke people out so you can get a bit more duration on it. But I've had it last with me five or six hours um, in the cold. It definitely one you can smell as being it's picked up by that cool, cold, crisp winter air. And it is definitely one that I would recommend to pick up just because I wear this spring, winter, summer, fall, and I have gotten men and women ask me, what fragrance are you wearing because it smells that good and when I tell them what it is and how much it costs they are absolutely floored because mind you not everyone or not all the fragrances in the Beverly Hills Polo Club line really smell great to me there, there are a few that I would tell people never ever try in life but this one this one compared to ones you paid even 10 times for it's just as good so Blaze by Beverly Hills Polo Club is the fragrance of the week cold weather edition pick it up and with that we come to the end of another episode of this Arturio and geek podcast about weapon style where we talk about bow ties comic books 
and everything in between. I've been your host, Webster Style. Again, thank you for joining me again. We are marching toward 100 episodes very, very soon as we wrap up episode 90. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for taking your time. Feel free to find us on the web at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com to drop us an email. Find us at WebsterStyle.com for the website. Find us on Instagram at SartorioGeek and WebsterStyle and also find us on Twitter at WebsterStyle. Thank you again for joining us and remember, be safe out there and stay blessed. Hold on. I mean, I can change. I thought, never mind. Forget it. I'm a Jenny, Jenny, Miffinny, Muffin, Infinity Key when it comes to the killing spree, aka that's an ensemble. Are you the enemy if you're not defending the presence of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie? Okay, I might have went over the edge. Besides, I really let them clothes on them legs and thighs. Need to get strong, we can lift them to the sky. The party starts at 12. We got a little time, time, time to get it on. And no fact, I'm the type of pussy on. And after that, take a picture with the Tree Green Tuesday had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be White Wednesday. Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't. Wear, oh, I miss million them heels killing them, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp. They acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the wrist game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match your very corset. Cause no one man should have all that styling Take it off, clothes on the floor piling No one girl should fit it all in them jeans So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes Cause no one man should have all that styling Take it off, clothes on the floor piling No one girl should fit it all in them jeans So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes Let's see what it seems If it is what it seems Chicks be looking thick leggings, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. Take a hint though, don't try to get me at a moment. Moment though, smoking hot, rocking this pen so thin. Tie hairline, looking like a skin so pimp. No lie, I'm sharper than the utensil. Instrumental, plain dang homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang bang honey. See them plain James honey, them lame friends funny. We tell it fit it crazy like that thing came on me. Hey, mommy, look a lady main thing. Seen fit popping like a main vein, running blood color lips, smashing with the hand clutch money, holding back, kind of funny. Can you tell me what's the price I got the range rover? Hang on me, when we walking, looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a limp like an ankle sprain on me. Yeah, I rocked the cardigan, she don't really want me because no one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. on the floor pile and no one girl should fit it all in them jeans so take it up and let me see what's under them scenes oh you wanted to oh i completely read that wrong